This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The hosts are not trained professionals, and their opinions come from personal experience, not professional training. In this episode, we discuss fictional depictions of trauma and violence that may not be suitable for all listeners, so please take care of yourselves. Specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the show notes. Events in the media are discussed in approximate order of escalation. This episode contains spoilers. Cover Mockingjay, Part 3 of The Hunger Games. Katniss spends most of her time in this book fighting against being the symbol of the rebellion before making the most controversial decision of her life. Hi, I'm Nicole. And I'm Robin. And this is Books That Burn. Alright, getting into our factions for Mockingjay. We have Katniss, Peta, Gale, Haymitch. We don't have Cinna anymore and it's sad. <laughs> Primrose... Katniss's mother, the residents of District 12, President Snow, residents of the Capitol, and residents of Districts 1 and 2, and various other districts. Yeah, District 13. Uh, Our minor character spotlight today is about PETA, specifically the way he has been um, tortured in combination with chemicals to produce a gaslighting effect reinforced with, again, uh, mind-altering substances uh, in a way that eh, basically it was described in the book as they um, they take the memory and twist it by having someone talk about it while negative stuff is introduced and also there's drugs involved. Um I, I thought this was a very interesting way to do this. Just, just, not, okay. <laughs> it's an idea I've seen before. Well, no, I, I don't just mean, I, I'm not just talking about, like, the poison or the toxin as an, an as a mind-altering, memory-altering substance. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the way it was set up in the narrative, because we saw this toxin before. Oh, because it's the they talked about it because it's the tracker jackers. It's the tracker and jackers, so, and Katniss got hit with it. She got stung right. like twice, I think. Mm-hmm. And and there yeah. was the effects, and it was I I thought it was really 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 super good. Very not not subtle in like a ooh you could have missed it kind of foreshadowing, but subtle in the oh I thought that was its own separate event. Just kidding. It's actually like really important. <laughs> Yeah, um, because it, way. it messed up it messed up her sense of reality enough without people lying to her while it was happening. Right. And she talked well, talked. She's the only voice we hear. She was aware real of hard the about fact. It. <laughs> she yeah, she thought real hard about how it was messing with her and about how she didn't ever she couldn't ever figure out if those memories were real events or not. And that was a thing that she thought about for the like the next entire almost whole book it, it was just this really i mean i definitely reading it the first time did not think "Ooh, that's gonna be in the ending like absolutely not at, at the very at the very like most extreme i might have maybe gone i wonder if the capital is going to send more like tracker jackers not tracker jackers necessarily but like more mutated or laboratory animals at them and they do so that would have been even correct so you know my 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 any foreshadowing i would have thought would have been in that scene would have been taken care of in book two and i would have thought we were done with it now yeah it doesn't scream Chekhov's gun it's more like plot element well established and then used later so yeah it was i just think it was a really good it was a really good setup for that because also it gave us the setup to believe that the capital had this ability Right. In, a, it's in not a very from, contextual oh, way. It was very, very It's nice. not like, oh, by the way, we've never heard, but they have truth serum. Like, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that. <laughs> no, no. Like, no, it wasn't like, guess what we've never been competent at before, but now we're really good at. Like, no, no. They. It was established very solidly in a very good, very memorable, very subtle way. 
We already know they hurt people. We already know that they made these things that make you not able to trust reality. Mm-hmm. And then with PETA, they put them together. So yeah. on to how it affected PETA. Yeah. I just I just wanted to to give the, oh, the yeah, author yeah. definitely credit for that very, very, very good 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 writing. Good decision making. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh when I was reading these I was like, Ugh, book one's okay. I hated, <laughs> I hated reading book two, and then I got to book three, and I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm glad we're talking about these. I've I've come back around. Don't like everything that happened here, but book three won me back. I was never, I I never felt like, oh, why are we doing this? I I never, I always, I guess, really kind of was on board with us discussing the story. I just also, I will say this though, book three, as we kind of talked about in, in our, our episode one, uh, book three is probably the least traumatic for, for us as individuals. So it is, there's definitely something to be said where books one and two were interesting, good stories, well written, and, and hitting a bunch of trigger points and, for us. And feeling like I was dragging myself through it. I read each book in about maybe three hours and I felt like I was clawing my way through it just because it was so hard. And book three was like, oh, okay, we're back to an adventure story. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah. Though so arguably Peta. for the characters, this is the worst and most difficult Oof. one. Well, you know? So yeah. Uh, so Peta. So uh, yeah. So if you haven't read the book, uh, what is happening to him is that he has been uh, tortured and chemically had his memories altered to the point that he is convinced that not only does Katniss want to kill him, but that she is a mutant made by the capital. The real Katniss is dead and the mutant Katniss wants to kill him. And also so- maybe that the real Katniss hated him the whole time and was using him the whole time. Right, because also this doesn't that. have to be logical. It's just all bundled yeah. together. It has of multiple, like, like this, all of his memories of everything of her that the Capitol knows about have been distorted and twisted. And anything they could find out about because they had him and there's cameras everywhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it, it was, it, it, anytime someone is unsure of their reality, it is very, very hard, I feel like, narratively, to write that in a way that doesn't feel like you're whispering to the audience, hey, by the way, they don't know what's going on. And the way this was written, we know that PETA has no clue what's happening. But there's also a level of helplessness where like helplessness yeah. on Katniss's part, because Katniss is the, is the point of view character, where Katniss yes. doesn't isn't always able to help with even confirming whether or not a memory is true, let alone be the one to tell PETA whether or not it's true, because yeah. they Because if PETA thinks interact. she's an inherent liar, then... Well, I, my point was more, she couldn't even always tell someone else who could tell PETA whether the memory was true, oh, because true. they only had a couple of significant interactions before being tossed together into the arena. Like, if yeah. it had been Gail... Yeah. Then, then there would have been a lot. Like, yeah, she could have helped more. She would have been able to like say through someone else what was and wasn't true. But um, unfortunately, we don't we don't get Peter's perspective on this, which means we got to talk a little bit about how it was affecting Katniss or what she was seeing and or how how do you want to tackle this? I, because I honestly want to talk about a different part of it, if that's okay. Okay. All right, that's fine. I want to talk about how we got to see PETA recovering. Oh, okay. And figuring out what was reality. Yes. So. Because that's like half the book. It is. Is where he's trying to figure it out. It is. And get through it. And and there's so much. There There's, I, I just, again, like, I, I really, really, really think that the author did a really good job of portraying this as and 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 portraying it in a way that was like doing justice to and for the character because 
so it, the setup was good. It didn't feel like the author had just chosen a character to pick on, right? Like none, no part of that felt like the author was trying to torture their character. Like that didn't happen. It, no, I mean at all. Everything, it, everything is so felt messed like up. He was the victim of the other character, not that the author had chosen a, a sacrifice, so to speak. I mean, there is a point at which everyone is having terrible things happening <laughs> yeah, to them. Yeah. But but more than that, it doesn't feel shoehorned in. No. It doesn't no, feel like the, the author narrative. needed an excuse or anything, which some books do. And this one did yeah. not. And then also we got to see live on screen, so to speak, the character that had gone through this pretty horrific thing to the point that they don't they literally the point is that they do not know it's real anymore we got to see them figure out a way to put themselves back together and we also got to see other people supporting them and helping them put their memories back together and we got to see them kind of heal like to the point where we end the book and we know that we don't actually know if Peta is like totally completely okay but like Peta is functional and living and making decisions and choosing to live near Katniss, like clearly no longer like fixated on her being a threat. Like they're, they are buddies. They are friends. They are okay. At the end of this book, they're the only ones that are okay. Arguably in the epilogue, they are a couple and have children together, which isn't always, it's not always an indication that everything is okay. But in this book, it is clearly meant by the author to be an indication of them having healed uh, somewhat or enough. And they're... And the way it's written, it looks like it's not like an abusive thing where he's there and punishing her for who she was. or Like, no, they're supporting each other and helping each other and they're for each other. And I, I just think the whole, like, shiny memories and, and verifying things and other people telling him real or not real, like that's that's really cool it's a really good way of approaching his memory thing in fiction figuring out that the fake memories are shiny but also he had to have that as a breakthrough because no one could tell him yeah hey yeah the fake memories are the shiny ones well that's that's the other part of this i really love is that he had Mm -hmm. that breakthrough and then took the initiative to get his friends and his people to help him and then kept working through it Oh, there was another really cool bit because once he said something about the fake memories being shiny, Katniss was able to confirm that the one memory she'd never been able to figure out if it was true or not because of the tracker, Jacker Venom, that had a shiny quality to it. And so, at least in her, I don't remember if she said anything to PETA, but at least in the narrative, there's, there's that moment where she's like, oh, yeah. I like. I think she said something to him. I think to she confirm. said. So- I thought she said something to her. I mean, I. Th- I don't remember. I don't know. It's a very small moment, yeah. but like we get that confirmation that it's not just him grabbing onto something, right? That right, right. Our point of view character confirms for the audience, if nothing else. Yeah. That <laughs> yes, he is really figuring out something. But yeah, it was just it was just cool because. There's, there's so much of fiction, even when the trauma is really well written and really handled very well and really cool. There's there's so much of fiction where either a character just kind of gets better off screen and comes back. And, and maybe the author does a good job of, like, writing in years in between the books and the healing happened then or, you know, or the character never recovers and you get to read the rest of whatever story they have of them just never being okay. It's so, so rare that on, on screen, again, so to speak, you, you watch a character actively healing. And I don't know. I, I really actually really like that about this. And we've talked about gaslighting as a thing in other episodes. Oh, yeah. But th- this one, um, I think, the healing oh, yeah. puts it as a fully new <laughs> I was just saying if you're like what is gaslighting oh oh it's yeah where you make someone uh, if you don't do it with chemicals it is uh have saying things contradicting what someone thinks their reality is repeatedly and insistently to the point that they no longer can trust what their reality is and so this was that 
plus torture and chemicals to really, like, lock it in. So he has no idea. More than just has no idea, he is 100% fixated on false memories, which... Yep. Takes... Yeah. Well, because... Well, because they did their best to hit every significant memory, because yeah. there were only a couple significant memories of Katniss before, and then everything after they had on camera. Yeah. So they could really hit everything in a way that wouldn't be possible without that level of surveillance. On to Katniss. Our topic for Katniss is uh, her interactions with dist- dist- it's District 13 as a dark mirror and the dawning comprehension of institutional cruelty. I feel like that might make our supercut of cool things eventually because that's just the longest title for one of our a segments. A seg- segment that we've had so far. And I don't have a better way of wording that that's as uh, that's actually true to what we're going to talk about. Um, So District 13 is the district that the Capitol pretended has been gone for decades, but is actually underground and doing their own thing and is in a weird stalemate thing because they used to be where they manufactured nuclear weapons. That's what you need to know here if you didn't read the book for the rest of this to make sense. And because they are, they've spent 70 years? 75 years, because it's the 75th Hunger Games. They spent 75 years literally hiding underground. They need a strict control over their people such that they won't go above ground and get killed because the only reason the capital's letting them live is because they are pretending they don't exist. And so the capital pretends they don't exist. I would actually like to push back on that. I'm saying I why they think, they think they it's need... okay. Okay. I I'm disagree not saying with their reasoning. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's a good reason. I'm saying it feels like that's why they think they are justified in the fear and intimidation and scheduling. Now, done giving them benefit of any doubt, uh, it, they, they print people's schedules on their arm in the morning and tell them what room they need to go to at what time. If someone gives food, again, food's things, if some food control, but in the other direction, if someone, like, you can get punished for sharing food with somebody. Like I I would if I were in this situation, I would run away. I would leave. Somebody else controlling how much food I I have to eat. Oh yeah. Like you also get punished for leaving stuff on your plate. Yeah, like no, I'd be gone. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, there's the justification in the book that they were doing it to stop people from hoarding food. Like but no, not that's not no, true. No. <laughs> not at all. They lie. Yeah, like, mm, to to the point that when their people are on a mission, they don't know to look for food stashes in the places that they're going through when they need food, because it doesn't occur to them that anyone would stash or store food ever, because they have all of their food handed to them on a tray. Yeah, no, it's totally day. manufactured. I mean, it, it might have been a real worry at one point, but instead of instead of recognizing that people are hoarding food because of the conditions of starvation and poverty. Instead, their response was, we are going to scientifically calculate what we think you should eat, and you have no more autonomy. And that's like, yeah, that was not good. So, okay, so we should actually talk about what we're going to talk about. So along with this food control uh, and the schedule control, the, the things that we see Katniss seeing and realizing... It's just the the need to have people in pain and afraid with nowhere else to turn. Like it's kind and of like a the slow same kind boil. of bloodlust. It it is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a slow boil, but also like that's why I mentioned the schedule and the food because you get that yeah. really early, and they're like, no, no, no. Here's the good reason, and Katniss is like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna ignore my schedule 
because I'm stressed out and you're going to let me because I'm the Mockingjay. So the real there's a turning point where it goes from this slow boil of like things being like kind of wrong and weird, but so much is different that she doesn't know what's wrong and just what's different, which I think also is kind of key. And then there's this point where she realizes that Coin, who is the leader of District 13, intends to continue the Hunger Games for the same reasons that the Capitol was doing it, except this time killing people from the Capitol so that they never do this again, because doing the exact same oppressive a capricious, malicious, and arbitrary thing is definitely a recipe for not having another rebellion in 70-ish years, or sooner. Of course, hear the sarcasm. Please hear the sarcasm. (sighs) Like, yeah, it's just really... Having gotten to the end of the book and just thinking about how, just how, how for Katniss just slowly realizing all these ways that District 13 and Coin were just like the Capitol and President Snow. I I like that there's so many little things that are off or weird or controlling and little rebellions that people are doing to support her and hide information from coin, like not telling them that she disobeyed orders and stuff. Yeah. Like when the people who are supposed to be on her side are helping to protect her from the person who's supposed to be on her side and in charge, it makes it not feel like it comes out of nowhere when we find out that coin wants to continue the hunger games. And you put this topic on the list. So I did the way I just, Realizing the slow drip was my thought with this. This thing, Katniss has been fighting. Well, no, that's not true. (laughs) Other people have been fighting for Katniss to, in support of, to throw off the Capitol. And there's this, this moment that like, as a reader, I I don't, I don't know. I feel like as I was reading it, I definitely like went, Oh, this is what's going to happen here. But I also don't remember if I had this plot point spoiled for me ahead of time or not. I have no clue. I don't, I don't, I don't tend to, as a general rule, I don't tend to worry about spoilers for any piece of fiction unless it actively changes how I view the piece. So, yeah, so if I so if it's something that's a mystery and I and the mystery is ruined for me or, you know, or or if it's something where like if it's the kind of movie that you watch three times because once you know the ending, the beginning changes, like things like that I care about as a spoiler. But something like this, I wouldn't have especially never planning having never planned to read the books. I wouldn't have thought twice about having the spoiled for me. So because it, it makes sense narratively and it's such a, a logical conclusion to this. Um, so I, I don't actually know if reading this book this time, I legitimately made a guess or just remembered something from before, but I, I read it and I got to the scene and my response was, oh, well, of course, because Coin doesn't know any other way, other way to control people and sees the Hunger Games that have effectively worked for the rest of the population as a really good way to just exert her control because clearly obviously it worked for snow and and it's such a it's such an easy extension of of the way coin has been exerting their authority already like like and it just it makes so much sense but there's this moment where i really do like that katniss's decision is not obvious in the text but you can still see in the text that it hits her like a truck. <laughs> you know that she's not okay with this thing, but what she's going to do about it is definitely not given away in that moment. And it, it's done in such a way where you know that other people probably know she's also not okay with it, but also they think that she's going along with it. Like for, a she good, leaves, for a good 10 minutes, that's She it. leaves a space, goes to another space, is physically in a position to do what everybody thought they thought that she would do, and, and then she the does script. the other thing. Yeah, and on that I, note, I think we should go on to topic three. 
I was my last thought is that I was surprised by that moment where she <laughs> like I was not. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, I know it. Nope, I'm ready for this. Let's go. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You've got it. You've just made a decision, and I know that you did make a decision. Now let's see it. <laughs> that was my that was my thought process. <laughs> On to Katniss and death. There's been a lot of death, but the angle that we're taking here is that in this book, it ramps up in a way that involves inflicting death and witnessing death as two separate things. Yeah. Um, so Katniss... People have been dying this whole people time. People have been dying the whole time. But the whole time, Katniss has been killing in essentially direct self-defense or avoiding being the person doing the killing until they're literally trying to murder her. This is the first book where we see her go out and say, no, I am going to X, Y, Z. And it's it's also, so alluding back to our, our topic two, this is also the book where, in theory, she should have been doing things on her own free will now, but she's still being dragged around and used and treated more like a prize or an object and or a symbol instead of being a person. Particularly, she's being used literally and figuratively as a bow and arrow to shoot coins targets for a while. Yeah, but in a weird way, like, they wanted her to be, like, there and look a whole lot like she was killing people without actually being close enough or in danger enough to do anything effective which for her is the worst of both worlds to be seen inflicting and and to feel uh, like she's going to with, inflict death but then have right, no without actually w- with the in this part of the book hypothesis that it is good to be fighting she's being stopped from fighting and so she's like I believe she she does end up killing some people, but it's like, this time, it's for the good guys. But as we discussed in our last topic, it's not, it's not, the, it's not, she's just, even though she's out of the arena, it didn't free her. And she's now being pushed into killing as part of being the symbol, you know, Mockingjay. She's a symbol of the rebellion. She is still the MacGuffin, even now, just... We, uh, except they say, hey, we need you to go here and do this rather than just we are dragging you here to go do this. But she's still the object that people are trying to push into place to get things done. There's this whole, this is like not strictly about the death thing, but like as being like the symbol and MacGuffin and everything, there's this thing where they're trying to get her to read off of a script several times and it doesn't work everything that she does that actually works as the symbol that they want has to be totally spontaneous. But then also when they put her in a position to be totally spontaneous, it lets her see what's actually going on, which then pushes her into uh, this big thing that she does at the very end of the book. I don't think it's that she does well when she's being spontaneous. I think it's that she actually does everything anything with real conviction when it's her own decision when she has control it's not spontaneity it's her control that's true the the cap the, not the capital uh district 13 was thinking of it as being spontaneous but you're They're right. thinking of it as being out of their control and they don't w- think of her as having control <laughs> but you're right being focused on katniss it is that but she's making the katniss, decision yes thought of saying something wanted to say something was moved to say something by something happening in front of her um a very quotable thing flows naturally out of a conversation like that kind of thing yeah so the final (laughs) in the book the final death that she commits with her own hands and i will want to circle back around to witnessing but yeah let's talk about inflicting for a minute Oh, I thought this was the thing that you were getting at before. It is. I just remembered that we haven't dug into oh, witnessing. Okay. And I don't want to drop yeah, that. We'll, we'll get there. So the the final death that she inflicts is the person who has been leading her around 
and has just revealed their cover their colors as being the same as President Snow. And the the way this is done, I mean, she's she's giving up the the her goals again because this whole time she was she was given the ability to be the executor of President Snow, which has been which was literally originally a condition for her toward helping District 13 at all was that she had to be the one to pull the trigger on this guy. And then she I don't, I don't want to say she robbed herself of it cuz that's not true, but she decided to to give that up to kill the immediate threat who was threatening to turn everything back on and and start the exact same chain of of violence and horror and and torture and sacrifice again. And it's it's this really sad moment. She kind of has to pick between the person abusing her now and the person who was abusing her before. And she picks the person who is doing things now and promising to do more in the future. But, you know, not to her, just, just to, to other people. Else. Yeah. And talking about witnessing, I think definitely one of the things that tipped her over the line to actually just surprise murder uh someone was that with witnessing death she she sees there's there's a sequence of events where it's meant to look like the capital killed a bunch of people but katniss has just enough knowledge to know that it was district 13 killing a bunch of people to make it look like the capital did it and they didn't care that some of the District 13 people were in the line of fire and Katniss watched them die. In- including there her is a- own sibling. And I, I would argue, I would argue, I don't think it was carelessness. I think it was deliberate. Oh, no. No, I've, that's why I said not caring oh, yes. that it would happen. No, they wanted Knew it to it happen. Would happen. They cared and- very much that it yeah. happened. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) knew it would happen and did not care about the people, cared about the outcome. Um, Yeah, they they thought that Katniss speculates, and I think maybe someone else speculated to her, but in the narrative, there's speculation that the Capitol not only didn't care if their medics got hurt, but because there's an initial bomb, medics come in, and then there's a second one. And by having that time gap where they knew their people would rush in, they didn't like say, hey, you go in. It's just that they're medics, they're there, people just got hurt. And so then they come in and they get hit by the second thing. And setting it up like that is probably intended to make their people who are still alive hate the capital even more so that then when just a little bit later coin proposes that they keep the hunger games going except instead do it to the people from the capital it's meant to carry over and be like see they did that terrible thing to us but but it doesn't it doesn't work because katniss saw Enough. What happened was Katniss had had prior conversations with Gail because Gail designed those bombs, decided on the delay, and had talked to Katniss about it. So the conversation Katniss had was was a previous conversation with the designer, not an in the moment, oh, this is what just happened. Like everything everything in the moment was was a realization in her own head, but she had the pieces ahead of time essentially. Not not trying to summarize the book. No, I just too I just wanted much, but just yeah, clear it. Just clearing up that one it, detail. It yeah, it, it's a weird yeah, mix it's of not, both. That's, you're right. It's not that she talked to somebody about it after. It's that she had the pieces because of an earlier conversation. Yeah, and there one of the kind of messages is like after this much death, there really isn't a right thing. There's kind of just the next thing as best you can. And uh, there's so much PTSD. We talked about PTSD with Katniss in our uh, previous episode. Um, 
covering um, Catching Fire, but it's still a thing here, and so this is even more death, making that even worse. On to the wrap-up and ratings. So, for the gratuity rating for uh, our PETA, uh for our pita no i'm just kidding uh for chemical gaslighting um is uh, it it's somewhere between backstory and off screen for the actual and it's, it's got some of that like they know something bad is happening we just don't know what and then i think once we find out what it is moderate or severe I I would argue severe but handled with extreme care and yes I realize I'm combining Okay but that, that's, but that's, that's my that's... argument because I think it's ext- I think it's severe but I also don't think it's severe for the audience I think it's yeah. I think it's severe be- but but it's okay because of how it was handled Okay so yeah I I do agree that it's severe cuz th- there's a lot there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot, there's and Im- there's a couple moments that are, are particularly visceral. And there's implications of even more, because we have a lot of descriptions of, no, Katniss, you can't go in that room for several yes. weeks. Yes, and And that kind of thing, I think, definitely kicks it up to that severity especially because the language and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil what it is but the the language used definitely feeds the the reader's imagination as to what could be that bad and, and so it's I, I think wild that, swings between off-screen and severe but yes. not quite off-screen just like literally in the next <laughs> yeah just like adjacent to the screen um yeah yeah like, so yeah i but i but i definitely think can't see it but we know something <laughs> but we wrong know. right so yeah i i definitely think it's it's it kicks up to to severe for those reasons that makes sense. So uh, Katniss's dark, dark mirror. <laughs> yeah. That's just what we're dark. calling this segment. Uh, yeah. The dark mirror epiphany. <laughs> um, uh, it is, I think it's moderate. I. The, it, it's, it, there's a lot of it. I think separating out topics two and three, I think topic was actually handled pretty mildly. Oh, Okay. I think that topic two is so gradual that it is almost gentle from a reader perspective. And my only argument for moderate is because it's a slow boil. So it's Oh, absolutely mild in the first bit, but I do think it ramps up. I, I think I think it it doesn't ramp enough to be moderate. I, I think that it it ramps, but it's so smooth that it's I guess not maybe it, traumatic to read i guess maybe not ramps up but accumulates is the better it, it accumulates for katniss but i would argue it does not accumulate for the reader okay does that make sense kind of well, i guess a bunch of mild stuff if everything is mild and it's just that it feels worse because we already remember the other five mild things you talked about well but 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 even more than that, like the ending that you and I talked about in the actual section caught you mm-hmm. off guard because it was so mild that when that flip that switch flipped, you didn't right. see it coming. Okay, I that, and I did, but I also think I think like I had said in the in the topic, I think I might have had that spoiled for me like years ago. But right. like it was so subtle and so gradual and so mild and so non-traumatic for you as a reader. Mm-hmm. it's it just slips in there which I, I to be fair if it were happening to someone in real life the effect would be cumulative and incredibly traumatizing but as a reader from a fiction perspective it's not traumatizing it's just, to read it's just kind of a thing that's like oh it's oh just, okay wow yeah Katniss was way ahead of me like yeah exactly like i don't i don't i, th- I think it's mild and that's really it. It's not even off screen. It's just subtle <laughs> uh, and just, smooth hey. and happening. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Um. Still here. Hey. <laughs> what? Um, you thought I was gone? Nah. Uh, Katniss and death. 
is Katniss and death is pretty severe. Pretty severe. Yep, it's like severe. a lot severe. It's not torture porn because there's it's not detail heavy. No, it is no, no, no. Um, but the descriptions of um, of Katniss's emotional processing and impact are severe. Um, it's definitely not trying to be a war book. No, if if this book were told from a truly third person perspective instead of kind of a second person perspective, it would be It'd probably be more grisly. Well, I mean, maybe it could but, easily be but, more grisly without changing how the descriptions are worded. Oh, okay. if it was truly told from a third person's perspective, this would not be traumatizing to read. It's only because we get the internal dialogue that it oh, yeah. that it is this severe. But o- other than that, I think it's handled very delicately and very gently. Yeah. Uh that that's my thought process anyway with mm-hmm. this. Um all right. Uh integral, interchangeable or irrelevant. For PETA, it is I think interchangeable because there's enough reasons for him to have a bad emotional reaction. I will go as far as to say it's interchangeable because there are other things that could have been held over Katniss's head. Well, good point. So then we have two points. It two reasons to for be, it to be interchangeable. Yeah. there You could split it into two pieces very easily. Yes. And there I, could have, I don't think there it's could irrelevant. have been different... Well, no, no. Something <laughs> needed to be going on. It, there yeah. could have been different leverage, and if you needed this leverage, it could have been accomplished differently. Different person, different methods, different results. Yep. Yeah. Uh, even, might I suggest, different people doing the leveraging. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, yep. Okay. Dark Mirror. Dark Mirror. This is integral. This is integral. This is the plot of book three. Um, it just is. Yep. For the murder death, and death. This individual is also... instances. Oh, we can't do it inter- like that. <laughs> well, I was going to say. Okay. There's so much death that some of it is interchangeable, but yeah. the general shape of it is integral. And that some of it is interchangeable is just that literal war is terrible. Yeah. Like, like you could have put. You could have put mid-book specific combat situations and swapped them out for other things, but the- You could have made different people make it to the end of the book. Yeah, but... exactly. But but the, the trauma as a whole, and particularly the trauma that we kind of talked about um, in the segment, is definitely integral. Like, like it's kind of like, yeah, sure, you could have the battle happen at a different location, but- which you is still not had really. to have a thing happen. You still had to have this. The details that you could change are so minor as to not turn it into interchangeable. I would say. Uh, handled with care. Peta's gaslighting. I think this was absolutely handled with care, or at the very least, yep. handled with enough care. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, do you have an opinion on which one of those two? Because I, I could, I feel like there's an argument that could be made for either one. I think it is enough care i think it would have been very rough if Peta had been our point of view character oh it would have been a whole different book if Peta was our point of view character and this would yep. have been a horror book if Peta was our point of view character absolutely but because he was not uh i do think let's go with enough care katniss because- gave us that distance yeah katniss gave us that distance and katniss by the way was also protected from some of Peta's trauma. Physic- physically and emotionally, Katniss had other people keeping her from being hurt by it. Just, you don't get to go in there right now. Exactly. So, so like, I think that makes sense. Um, yeah, we, we, were, we were protected care. with our protagonist. Yep, we get to see care being taken in the plot. And also, can I point out that thing that I talked about in the segment that Peta goes through afterwards? Mm-hmm. That is also treating it with care. For for different reasons, but that is absolutely treating Peta with care and his trauma with care. So, um, yeah, def- definitely the like absolutely definitely enough care for sure. Uh, Dark Mirror. I think this was treated with care to the point that it turns this horrific thing into into a mild trauma. 
friendly kid gloves that barely even touch it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more of a fridge horror kind of thing. If you don't read the last couple of chapters, it's fridge horror. It's it's a it's a more horrific in hindsight for those of you who are less familiar with with uh, yeah. horror tropes. Yeah, it enough. I'm no, I no. It's, I I'm also maybe a little bit desensitized to this topic, so I don't know that I'm the best judge of this one. I I think that it needed to not be treated with care in order for us to not hate Katniss. Oh. At the end. Okay, so it's just straight up not treated with care. I I don't think so. Okay. Like, I mean, I think that gets balanced with the gratuity rating. Like, the gratuity rating Our is gratuity lower. gratuity rating is severe for this one. Sorry. Oh, it's severe. I forgot. <laughs> so, no. Sorry. I, it's not mitigated by that one at all. I mean, it's not torture porn. <laughs> um, I guess, okay, so treated with care in the sense that they could have shown more and it would have been worse. I don't know. It... This one I'm I'm really not sure because I think our topic is death, so I don't consider this to be a spoiler. If you don't actually talk about people that die and have it affect people that specific people die, then what are you doing in this war book? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I I'd be okay with classifying it as enough care. Except. But not straight up care, and I don't think that I don't think it was the point. I don't think that being tender or careful was the point. Oh yeah, I feel so, like I feel like this is definitely one of those better to be super blunt with it in fiction than watch it happen in reality kind of things. Yeah, Where, like the author is like, no, look at how awful this is. Now, please don't ever do this. Yeah. Again, not ascribing motives to the author, but there's definitely some no, but that's, happening in that, this book. That was my yeah, experience yeah. as a reader, was mm -hmm. that this was, this was very much a, hey, don't do this. <laughs> like, that's how it felt reading it. It, it, felt yeah. more, it felt much more like a, a directive than a, ooh, look, a narrative thing. <laughs> well, yeah, we can go ahead and I think maybe classify this as enough care but your mileage may vary. And if someone is like, hey, I don't think this is treated with care at all. It's like, I, I'm might. actually, I've already written down not enough. I'm going to just leave it. <laughs> leave it as not enough. Okay. Okay. So they're trying maybe, but not all, it's not all the way. All right. Point uh, of view. Point of view. For the trauma and the aftermath. Well, for first, PETA. Um, well, no, I'm well, saying oh, sorry. this <laughs> is the point of view because... As we've said You're in right. our other two episodes, the point of view is always Katniss. That that yep. being said, so we don't get anybody other than Katniss for the actual trauma, which is weird because she wasn't even there. But we we do get kind of PETA for the aftermath. We get Katniss around PETA. We get Katniss around PETA. But we have Katniss and PETA having conversations and Katniss witnessing PETA having conversations. Mm -hmm. And also that thing that I talked about in the episode, like Katniss is there for that. Right. And I, I think we do that, actually, that we do actually see PETA like doing and saying and, and stuff. So, yep. Uh, Dark Mirror, Katniss. <laughs> I, I both, I, I. <laughs> Death, it's also Katniss. Like this is Katniss. the thing with. This is the thing with, with a book that has one viewpoint. <laughs> third person, non-omniscient, fixed narrator. Yeah. <laughs> we just have Katniss and Katniss and Katniss again. And Katniss adjacent to the thing that's happening. And more Katniss. Uh, which is fine. But yeah, it's it's all it's all Katniss. Katniss all the way down. Yep. Which I might have made that joke on another episode and I do not care because I think it's funny. Are we aspiring writer tip yay aspiring writer tip for the aspiring writer tip um if you're going to have 
a twist. And to be clear, I think this book did this well. If you're going to have a twist, make sure that there's enough support so that you know why someone did whatever they did that makes the twist possible. Don't telegraph your actions uh, Or you don't have constantly. to telegraph your actions constantly. Right, you don't have to. Yeah. There, um, there are some books where, like, you can telegraph it, and then it's like, whoa, twist, and it's so cool. Um, yeah. In this case, there was a lot of shouting about one thing, but a lot of undercurrent of the other thing, and then the undercurrent won out in this really cool way. So, that's my writer tip. Favorite non-traumatic thing about the book? Are there any? Oh, I have one. Uh, the stylist... The ex-stylist in the shop. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I really... I know it was meant to be, like, a little, like, sad and horrific, but I, I really liked her. Really, you know, she slowly turned herself into, I think, a cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, And I'm a sucker for that. And I, I just, I just really liked her. And... We only had a little bit of interacting with her, but I really liked that character. What's yours? I like that Katniss survived and things Is that a spoiler? Are, no. Okay. Things that are positive happen ever in her life. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yep. But I I liked the ending. I thought it was good. I thought it was well done. I thought it was well deserved on the part of multiple people. And it's, it, I, I definitely, we've kind of alluded to this over and over in our last three episodes. Uh, getting through the series was hard, but I got to the end of this series and I, as a reader, was okay, which was a surprise, actually, because I didn't expect to be, especially by the time I was halfway through book one. Uh, yep. so yeah, I, I really liked the ending and I thought it was very, very good and I thought it was, um, important that it ended that way yep and one last thing i wanted to thank shannon and amira for recommending that we read these books and also thank you to everyone who when we described the podcast said you mean like the hunger games and i was like (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) sure maybe Uh, read them once like 10 ish years ago i'll add it to the list but Seriously, you know, thank you for recommending it because this turned out better than I thought it was going to. Um, I I would like to also tell our readers, and I'm sure we've said this in other contexts, especially on Twitter at this point, but if you have a book that is very good, we want to know about it. Please recommend it to us. If you have a book that is very bad, please also recommend it to us. Yeah, because we've been talking about a lot of authors that handle these things well. We are up for talking about some authors that don't do things well, because we want to be a place to talk about that. Yeah, and and to be fair, we started with authors that did things well, because we looked at our own favorites. Yeah, and our own bookshelves. we didn't keep the ones that we didn't like. So yeah, so yeah, uh, we we this is our first recommended series, and we can't thank you guys enough for recommending it. And please keep those recommendations coming. All music used in this podcast was created by Nicole as Heartbeat Art Co. and is used with permission. You can follow us on Twitter at Books That Burn, all one word. You can email us with questions, comments, or book recommendations at booksthatburn at yahoo.com. Support us on patreon.com slash booksthatburn. All patrons get access to our upcoming book list and receive a one-time shout out. You can leave us an iTunes review. This helps people to find the show. And find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks.